many of you have gotten emails from me over the years. And I always have the same verse at the bottom of my emails. I want to read it in the New American Standard Version, and then um, I want to read it maybe in a different translation. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, my translation of that. To him who is able to do much more than we ever think or dream in our wildest dreams, to him be the glory forever and ever. Able to do much more than you imagine. And that's our God. The limitations are often things that we put upon him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for adopting us into your family, that we may be sons and daughters of the living God. And we thank you for that honor, that privilege, for that position, for it's not due to anything within us, strictly according to your grace and your great love. Help us to live as members of your family. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Now, I was thinking about today and what I was going to talk about. And then I thought, well, why not ask what you want to talk about this morning? What do you want to talk about this morning? You got any ideas, Rosemary? Leandra? Faith and love, okay. How about blessings? How about being salt? Or being light in the world? How about what it takes to fulfill the law of God? What about hating others or murder? What about divorce? Or adultery? What about the promises of God? What about how to treat other people? Or even how to treat your enemies? Oops. Oh, your toes get in trouble on that one, don't they? Okay. How about how to give to other people who are in need? What should we do? What about prayer? What about fasting? What about having riches on, in heaven or on earth? What about worrying? You don't worry anything, do you? You got a test. You're going to worry. Okay. That's like the saying of you can't get prayer out of school as long as you've got exams. <laughs> okay. It's going to be there. Okay. What about, how, uh, what about judging other people? Or how do you get into God's kingdom? What about true and false prophets and true and false disciples? And building your life wisely instead of foolishly. Now that's an awful lot of topics. 
Can you cover all of those in one message? Sure. Well, a certain person thought that you could. And his name was Jesus. Because he did all that in one sermon. He covered all those topics in one sermon. And it did take all day. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The longest message we have from Jesus. It's called the Sermon on the Mount because he did it to people on the side of the mountain. And it says in Matthew 5 that he sat down and then he began to teach. And everybody else stood up. Okay. Jesus sat down. They stood up. How would you like to do that today? When the preacher, the preacher sits down to give the message and the people stand up for the message. Now, it might not be bad in some churches, you know, 10, 12 minutes. But in some churches, hour, hour and a half, it might get a little tiresome. But that's the way they did it back then. So it says in Matthew 5, Jesus sat and then he began to teach. And he did that. If you read the Gospels and start paying attention to that, he did that quite frequently, including on the steps of the temple. He sat on the steps of the temple and taught people. And this is what Jesus said. Blessings. Blessed are those who are spiritually needy. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are those who are sad. They will be comforted. Blessed are those who are humble. They will be given the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for what is right. They will be filled. Blessed are those who show mercy. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure. They will see God. Blessed are those who suffer for doing what is right. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are you when people make fun of you and hurt you because of me. You are also blessed when they tell all kinds of evil lies about you because of me. Be joyful. Be glad. Your reward in heaven is great. The same way people treat the, treated the prophets who lived long ago. You are the salt of the earth. But suppose the salt loses its saltiness. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything. It will be thrown out and people will trample all over it. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Also, people do not light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. Then it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine so others can see it. Then they will see the good things you do. And they will bring glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to get rid of what is written in the law or in the prophets. I have not come to do this. Instead, I have come to fulfill what is written. What I am about to tell you is true. Heaven and earth will disappear before the smallest letter of the law disappears. Not even the smallest mark of a pen will disappear from the law until everything is completed. Do not ignore even one of the least important of the commands. And do not teach others to ignore them either. 
If you do, you will be called the least important person in the kingdom of heaven. Instead, practice and teach these commands. Then you will be called important in the kingdom of heaven. Here's what I tell you. You must be more godly than the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. If you are not, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard that it was said to people long ago. They were told, do not commit murder. Anyone who murders will be judged. But here's what I tell you. Do not be angry with a brother or a sister. Anyone who is angry with them will be judged. Again, anyone who says to a brother or a sister, Raka, must stand trial in the court. Anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Suppose you're offering your gift at the altar, and you remember, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift in front of the altar, and then go and make peace with them. Then come back and offer your gift. Suppose someone has a claim against you and has taken you to court. Settle the matter quickly. Do this while you're still together on the way. If you don't, you'll be handed over to the judge. The judge may hand you over to the officer to be thrown into prison. What I'm about to tell you is true. You will not get out until you've paid every penny. You've heard that it was said do not commit adultery. Here's what I tell you. Don't even look at a woman the wrong way. Anyone who does this has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, poke it out. Throw it away. Your eye is only one part of your body. It's better to lose an eye than your whole body. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. Your hand is only one part of your body. It's better to lose a hand them for your whole body to go into the fire. It's been said, suppose a man divorces his wife. If he does, he must give her a letter of divorce. And here's what I tell you. Anyone who divorces his wife makes her a victim of adultery. And anyone who gets married to a divorced woman commits adultery. A man may divorce his wife only if she's not been faithful to him. Again, you've heard that it was said to people long ago. They were told, do not break your promises that you make to the Lord. Keep your promises to the Lord that you have that you made before him. Here's what I tell you. Do not make any promises like that at all. Do not make them in the name of heaven. That's God's throne. Do not make them in the name of earth. That's the stool for God's feet. Do not make them in the name of Jerusalem. That's the city of the great king. And do not make a promise in your own name. You can't even make one hair of your head black or white. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything more than that is becoming sin. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But here's what I say. Do not fight against the evil person. Suppose someone slaps you on your right cheek. Turn the other cheek as well. Suppose someone takes you to court to take your shirt. Give them your coat as well. Suppose someone makes you go with them for one mile. Go two miles with them. Give to the one who asks. 
Don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow something from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Well, here's what I say. Love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. Then you will be children of your Father in heaven who causes his Son to shine on evil people and good people. He sends rain on those who do right and those who don't. If you love those who love you, what reward is that? Even the tax collectors do that. If you greet only your own kind of people, what more are you doing than anyone else? Even people who are ungodly do that. So be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be careful not to do good deeds in front of other people. Don't do those deeds to be seen by others. If you do, your Father in heaven will not reward you. When you give to needy people, do not announce it by having trumpets blown. Do not be like those who pretend to be holy. They announce what they do in the synagogues and on the streets. They want to be honored by other people. What I'm about to tell you is true. They have received their reward in full. When you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Then your giving will be done in secret, and your Father will reward you because he sees what you do in secret. When you pray, do not pray like those who pretend to be holy. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues on the street corners. They want to be seen by other people. What I'm about to tell you is the truth. They have received their complete reward. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who can't be seen. Your father will reward you because he sees what you do secretly. When you pray, do not keep talking on and on and on. That's what ungodly people do. They think that they will be heard because of they there are many words because they talk a lot. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need even before you ask. Pray like this. Our father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May what you want to happen be done on earth, even as it's done in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, just as we forgive those who sin against us. Keep us from sinning when we are tempted. Save us from the evil one. Forgive other people when they sin against you. If you do, your Father who is in heaven will forgive you. But if you do not forgive the sins of other people, your Father will not forgive your sin. When you go without eating, don't look gloomy so that others may see, pretending to be holy. They make their faces so sad. They want to show people that they are fasting. I'm about to tell you the truth. They've received their complete reward. But when you go without eating, put olive oil on your head, wash your face, others will not know you're fasting. Only your father, who can't be seen, will know it. And your father will reward you because he sees what you do secretly. Don't gather for yourself riches on earth. Moths and rats can destroy that. Thieves can break in and steal. Instead, gather for yourself riches in heaven. Their rats and moths do not destroy. Thieves cannot break in and steal. Your heart will be where your riches are. The eye is like a lamp for the body. 
Suppose your eyes are healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. But suppose your eyes can't see well, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light inside of you, if the light is inside of you, is gone, then it will be very, very dark. I tell you this, do not worry. Don't worry about your life and what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't worry about your body or what you will wear. Isn't there more to life than eating? Isn't there more important than clothes, more, more important things than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't plant, they don't gather, they don't put away crops and storerooms, but your Father in heaven feeds them. Aren't you worth much more? Can you add even one hour to your life by worrying? So why do you worry about clothes? Look at the wildflowers. See how they grow. They don't work. They don't make clothing. But I'll tell you this, not even Solomon in his royal robes was dressed like these flowers. If that is how God dresses the wild grass, won't he dress you even better? Your faith is so small. After all, the grass is only here for a day. Tomorrow it's thrown the fire. So don't worry. Don't say, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? What will I wear? People who are ungodly run after these things. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. But put God's kingdom first. Do what he wants you to do. And then all those other things will be given to you. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry for itself. Each day has enough trouble in its own. Don't judge other people. Then you will not be judged. You will be judged in the same way that you judge others. You will be measured in the same way you measure others. You look at a bit of sawdust in your friend's eye, but you pay no attention to that piece of wood that's in yours. How can you say to your friend, let me take that bit of sawdust out of your eye? How can you say this while you have a piece of wood sticking out of yours? You pretender. First take the piece of wood out of your eye. Then you'll be able to see clearly to take the bit of sawdust out of someone else's. Don't give holy things to dogs. Don't throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they'll just trample all over them. Then they'll turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Everyone who asks will receive. The one who searches will find. The one who knocks will have the door opened. Suppose your son asks for a piece of bread. Would you give him a stone? Suppose he asks for a fish. Would you give him a snake? Even though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? In everything, do to others what you would want them to do for you. This is what is really written in the law and the prophets. Enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate. The gate is large and the road is wide that leads to ruin. Many people go that way. But the gate is small and the road is narrow that leads to life. And only a few people find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you pretending to be sheep, but once on the inside, they're really hungry wolves. You can tell each tree by its fruit. 
Do people pick grapes from bushes? Do they pick figs from thorns? In the same way, every good tree will produce good fruit, but a bad tree always bears bad fruit. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and then thrown into the fire. You can tell each tree by its fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do what my Father in heaven wants will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I drive out demons in your name? Didn't I do many miracles in your name? And I will tell them very clearly, I never knew you. Go away. So then everyone who hears my words and puts them into practice is like a wise man. He builds his house on the rock. The rain comes, the water rises, the winds blow and beat against that house, but it doesn't fall. It's built on the rock. But everyone who hears my words and does not do them is a foolish man. He builds his house on sand. The rain comes, the water rises, the winds blow and beats, it blows and beats against the house, and it falls with a crash. Jesus finished saying these things, and the crowds were amazed at his teaching. And that's because he talked like one who had authority. He did not speak like the teachers of the law. Matthew 5 through 7. I've always wanted to read that. <laughs> because, you know, listen to Jesus, and this was his longest sermon. But I want to talk a little bit about the very dead center of this, maybe in closing. And that's about worrying. When we start a new year, we usually traditionally make a list of the things we want to fix. The things that bother us, that worry us. Anybody do that this year? Yeah. Some of us get old enough that we know not to do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> because it, it's going to be like the thing goes in the fire. That's just the way it is. But those are things that bother us, that worry about us, that worry us. And in the U.S., um, the top things that people worry about are this. Number one, might be surprised about this, corrupt government officials. That's the number one worry of people in the U.S. right now. Shocker, okay. I'm shocked, I'm, I am kind of shocked that they actually put it down, okay. But, okay. Number two is the people that I love becoming seriously ill. Not me becoming seriously ill. That doesn't even make the list. People that I love become seriously ill. Number three is Russia, Russia using nuclear weapons. Number four is people that I love dying. Number five is the U.S. becoming involved in another world war. Number six is pollution of drinking water. Number seven is not having enough money for the future. Number eight is the economy of our country. Number nine is pollution. And number 10 is biological warfare. That's the top 10 right now. COVID used to be on the list. It's not there anymore. Okay, we've kind of gotten used to that. Okay, uh, Public speaking used to be number one. It's not anywhere close anymore. I don't know if that's because we don't do it anymore or we just 
given up in, on that one, okay? Uh, and also, fear of dying yourself is nowhere close. It's amazing that we're concerned about the ones we love, but not so much about us. Paul tells us in Philippians 4, always be joyful because you belong to the Lord. I'll say it again. Be joyful. Let everyone know how gentle you are. The Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. No matter what happens, tell God about everything. Ask and pray and give thanks to him. And then God's peace will watch over your hearts and your minds. He will do this because you belong to Jesus. God's peace can never be fully understood. Jesus said it, don't worry. Paul said it, don't worry. So what can we worry about? What can we worry about? Mary, what can we worry about? Can you think of anything that Jesus says it's okay to worry about? Follow him. Yeah. But we can, we, I, okay. Remember if I point at you, I'm Four pointing back at me, okay? So, worry, you wake up, what about this? What about that? What's going to happen? Yeah. Will I have, be able to do this? Well, you know, all these different things. And basically, God says, I got this. You're following me, I got the rest of it. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat the details. Health issues. God's got it. Okay. Pull an extensor tendon. I'm going to take it up. But I can promise you I haven't sweat one bit about what's going to happen to that thing. Okay. Got thrown off a camel. Maybe have a torn rotator cuff. Okay. Anybody here have a torn rotator cuff before? Oh, come on. I'll show me hold the offering up. You know, usually I do it like this. No. <laughs> okay. This part works good. This part doesn't work so good. Okay. And maybe it'll heal itself and maybe it won't. And I can't Not a big deal. We're retired. What's going to happen? Got no clue. Okay. My kids are panicking. You need a plan. You know, what are you going to do? God has always shown me what to do. 67, almost 68 years old. He's done it every time. I'm not going to worry. He'll do it, and he'll do it this time. Not my time. My job is to keep my eyes open and my ears open and listen when he says something. And when he says, I want you to go do this, go do that. Not worry about it. Not over plan it. But just follow what he has to say. And this is not something new that Jesus said or Paul said. This is old. God's command to do this was almost from the very beginning. It started with Moses. Moses in Deuteronomy 31 was about to die. And he was kind of passing the torch to Joshua. He had already met with Joshua and told him what I'm about to read to you. 
But he wanted not just Joshua to know, but all the people of Israel to know. And so this is what he said in Deuteronomy 31. Here are the words Moses spoke to all the Israelites. He said, I'm now 120 years old. I'm not able to lead you anymore. The Lord has said to me, you will not go across the Jordan River. The Lord your God himself will go across ahead of you. He will destroy the nations there in order to make room for you. You will take over the land. Joshua will also go across ahead of you, just as the Lord said he would. The Lord will do these, to these nations what he did to Sidon and Og. He destroyed the Amorite kings along with their land. The Lord will hand those nations over to you. Then you must do everything that I commanded you to do. Be strong and be brave. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. The Lord your God will go before you. He will never leave you. He will never desert you. Then Moses turned to Joshua. And he spoke to him in front of all the people. He said to him, be strong, be brave. You must go with these people. They're going into the land God promised to give them. You will divide it up among them. They will each receive their share. The Lord himself is going ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never leave you. Nor will he desert you. So, don't be afraid. Never, ever lose hope. Here's what's interesting. Moses wrote this law down in verse 9. He gave it to the priest, the sons of Levi, who carried the Ark of the Covenant. He gave the law to all the elders of Israel, and he said to them, you must read this law at the end of every seven years. Do it in the year when you forgive people what they owe. Read it during the Feast of Booths. That's when all the Israelites come to appear in front of the Lord your God at the Holy Tent. Gather the people together, men, women, and children. Bring the outsiders together as well. And then, then carefully read the words of the law. What were those words? Never be afraid. Never lose hope. God is going before you. In other words, God's got it. He's got it. He's got you. He's got the situation. Now, I don't know what's going on with you right now. Kind of out of touch a little bit. I, I keep up with the prayer list, you know, that y'all send out on the, on the message board. But lots of stuff going on that never makes that. But I will tell you this. Whatever it is, and you may not even be able to articulate it. It may just be a sense. But whatever it is, God's got it. Yes, he has you. And faith is trusting. You want to be a person of faith? Trust that God's got it. And then follow through. Act like he does. Speak to others like he does. Because he does. Let's pray. Father, we know that you have us and you have our lives in your hand. We do trust you. We do have faith.
Help that to grow. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.